What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We are joined this week by my good friend, former roommate, Noah Savage. In addition to being a good buddy from college, Noah is also a stand-up comedian in New York City. He is a broadcaster for college basketball on ESPN, hosts his own podcast, and has started his very own series on YouTube called The Chip King. In addition to Noah being one of the funniest people I know, he's also one of the most driven and is just excelling in a number of different areas. So I always love to have him on to give his perspective. Have a lot of fun talking to him today. And as always leave with a little bit of motivation. So I hope you enjoy this one. It's been a little bit hit and miss this summer. I got to be honest, folks, we have not been getting them out on their regular cadence. However, we are in the process of making sure that not only do we get back to getting the show out on a weekly basis, we're going to fire it up, folks. We're talking multiple shows per week. So you can expect that later this summer and, and early fall. But until then, you're going to have to just sit back and enjoy the sounds of Noah Savage in your ears. Without further ado, let's welcome him to the show. Here we go. I got to get up. I got too much to do. Yeah, I got to get going. I got to talk to you. It's time to start the show. Noah Savage, welcome to the show. Oh, what's up? Um, <laughs> so, listen. Okay, here's what I want to uh, know. Yeah, how the how the bleep? Because I'm trying to swear less now that I have a baby. Well, how naturally. do people with kids do anything uh, <laughs> besides like their job? Like I do my job, and then I'm like, how can I keep doing stand up? Like it feels so stupid to be like. All right, just you do everything. I'm gonna like go to a show that I'm not even on just to like hang out and maybe get booked, and then like people won't even show. Like, like stand up is so stupid to begin with the way it works, and like I'm just struggling with a baby. Like I actually booked myself on a couple shows in August and September, but I'm just struggling with like, is this just stupid? Because <laughs> I know you got burnt out recently from podcasting, yeah. and you're doing <laughs> better than me at podcasting. I'm doing terrible. No, come on, man. Dude. Uh, so here's the thing. Well, and maybe we should update folks. Since we've last spoken, there's been a pandemic um, yeah. <laughs> that has crippled the world and the economy. And you had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. Baby yeah. Henry. How, doing great. Awesome. How old? Um, so the listeners, three, I know. Yeah, no, he's three months. And like we just crossed into the, uh, he sleeps like 12 hours. Like we got this book 12 weeks and 12 hours. Really? Dude, the first time we did it, he just slept for like 11. He went from like, Four hours was the record to like 11. So I'm trying to like crawl out of the hole that is like new fatherhood and like be like, what do I like want to do in my life? Yeah. And like one thing I was like pretty good about even like, you know, month one, two and three of his life was like going to the gym and just like, cause I'm like, I don't want to like feel like garbage anymore. Right. <laughs> and I've been pretty good about the gym, Um, you know, but it's like, I'm kind of like, I, I have a great job. I have a great day job. I do ESPN games and right. I have, you know, my podcast that I do like 
once in a while. And then I get 10 text messages from my super fans or like, this is so funny. It's so good. But it's like <laughs> one of which is my wife. It's so hard. Exactly. It's so hard to be consistent even when you want to do something right. Like even with exercise, everybody knows if you get up and you lift weights, you're going to feel right. better. And then you sit on the couch and you go, I'm just going to watch TV. And it's so weird that like we as humans have such trouble being consistent. Yeah. I'll tell you what it happens when you have a kid. You're like, what are all these single people doing with all their time? Oh, like you should yeah. be lighting the world on fire. You should <laughs> yeah. be starting companies. You should <laughs> yeah. be ripped. Like you should be donating your time and resources um, because you realize you're like, what was I doing? Cause once yeah. you have a kid, I mean, and you're in the thick of it. And like, I'm shocked to hear how well, Dude, I don't sleeping. even I don't even think it's that hard. Like I I sound like a moron. <laughs> but like, all right, and number one, Alyssa does everything. Okay. So she's like yeah. amazing. She does a great job. Right. But number two, like Henry is pretty chill. He basically just eats, he's up for a little bit, plays, sleep. If right. he cries, like there's usually a reason. He doesn't really ever just like cry for hours and hours. Yeah, he's a great baby. And I'm like back at work, so I'm not with him all day. So I don't want to, you know, like anything I say can and will be used against me in the court of, uh, you know, new motherhood. <laughs> you know how that is. <laughs> but I'm like, it's not that hard. It's almost like, all right, people that were in my life that I didn't like get anything out of or like, you know, we didn't have a good relationship. It was very easy mm -hmm. for me to like, just be like, I don't need to ever see you again. Like, that's like, this is a waste yeah. of time. Yeah. So I find it like I'm very like economic with my time now that I'm a father. Oh yeah. But at the same time, I look at certain things. I go, is this dumb? Like, I know you have that thought. I said, I said that when you started this podcast, you're going to start it. None of your friends are going to care. There's going to be some <laughs> stranger in Utah who loves the show. Exactly. And then you're going to go, I, why am I doing this? You have this little voice in your head. Right. And it's probably even worse with comedy because you go, I'm going to shoot this sketch or whatever. And you go, what am I doing this for? <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I've found. If you want to get anything done, and I struggle with this all the time. Like I was probably complaining to Sonia this morning. I'm like, there's not enough time. Like I want to do all this shit and I just can't get it done. Right. Uh, you really have to become like ruthless with your time. Like for me, yeah, I have no issue cutting out people that are a waste of time, like a suck on energy. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. no issue. And it's not like, right. And we're not and saying it, like, if you don't get something like they don't help your career, but like you hang out with people that are negative or they're a pain in the ass or whatever. Yes. Not, not like they're not, you're not getting something out of it, but like those toxic draining relationships where you're there like, you go. why are you a pain in my ass? I the have girl, like two friends the girl who always, yeah. The, the girl who always has a problem with her boyfriend and wants to talk to you about it for two hours and then yeah. goes on and makes no like zero time. <laughs> now, some of those people are still in my life. It's just not, <laughs> well, you know, there's just some things that you have to do to keep a marriage right. going. But it's you know? like, there's uh, my sister-in-law got engaged and she's doing the whole like wedding invite list. Right. But what's so funny yeah. is when there were people who weren't at my wedding that for whatever reason are back in my life, like my, my freshman year roommate, Kyle Booten, who's like a professor, he's incredible. Whenever I'm up in New England, he just like texts me. Like he, yeah, we went back and forth texting my high school teammate. So it's weird, like almost like the people you think are your top fifty friends sometimes end up just not being those. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're like never yeah, talking again. And I don't mean to be crass, right? Like I, I generally like people, but yeah. it, it, it really like if you're trying to get stuff done, like you just have to start cutting things out. Like it drives Sonia nuts the way I interact with people via text. 
Yeah. Because sometimes <laughs> it'll be like 24 hours, 36 hours. And I, 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 I'm sure I hurt people's feelings all the time or maybe right. I don't care. Like whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I literally, I can't look at my phone during the day most of the time, or I won't get my work done. Right. right? Because my kids want to spend some time with me too. And then after that, my wife needs a little attention, yeah. believe it or not. So it's like, even like texting, like I try to do Instagram to promote the show. Right. I just don't even have time for it. I'm, yeah. That's the thing that I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? Like this is a waste yeah. of time. I'm, I'm taking pictures of myself. Doing we got to hire, we got to hire <laughs> interns because you could, oh, you yeah. could be easily Instagram famous because the number one, like the number one predictor of Instagram fame is just like hotness and like good body. Right. <laughs> like there's these, there's a, there's these girls that do comedy that like are so unfunny and they're just babes yeah. and they just put up the Instagram and then because they have 10,000 Instagram followers, they go, all right, let's book her on the show. She might get some people there and round and round it goes. Yeah. So I would say looking at your, cause of course, like you can easily look at other people's career and be like, here's what you should do, but you should be like <laughs> mainly making Instagram shit because they're going to come in for the hot, you know, husband wife combo. And then they're going to stay for the actual wait. He's actually pretty interesting and smart, but I have a new, <laughs> I, I have a new show. I have a new show idea that I'm, yeah. that I'm putting out. Well, I don't know if I want to put it out here, but uh, it's not like unique. Okay. It's like, it's like cause of me and it's cause of me, Alyssa, but uh, right. I'm going to do a house flipping show. Okay. Here's the show. Comedy wasn't working out in New York city. So we went all in on real estate. <laughs> Boom. Knock down the wall. Boom. Pull out the sink. What the hell yeah. are we doing? We don't know. It's really our money. <laughs> we better flip it or lose it or something, you know? <laughs> Everything's an open concept. Everything's shiplap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just whitewash, this, whitewash all the brick. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think I think it's a great idea. Uh, so for you, though, what what is the biggest challenge right now? Is it just like, is this a good use of my time? Or are you like, I just can't get out of the house? Like what, what's the challenge right now? All right. This is going to sound conceited, but you've met me before. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm too good at too many things <laughs> and like too many people want a piece of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so it's like, uh, yeah, I have my sales job. I love it and right. I'm good at it. And it's like fairly easy yeah. for me because I'm good at it. It's fun. So I do that for a while. And then for eight, you know, eight hours, I feel like, all right, I'm, I'm Clark Kent. And then, you know, comedy me comes in. It's like, all right, now I want to be Superman or, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman, whatever. And it's like, I just get excited about whatever I'm doing at the time. And then like a week will go by and I'll be like, damn, I haven't gone on stage. And yeah. like the act of trying to get on stage until you're like super successful is like very time consuming. Right. And then basketball season starts and then I have games and I'm flying here and there. And then I'm like, I just don't know. Like there is no answer to this question, but it's like, I think people really struggle with like, what do I really want to do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What, what is it that I really want to do? I completely get that. And I think about this all the time. So likewise, like I have a great job. It, it's a very stressful job. And especially, so, I mean, actually we should talk about this, like end of the quarter for what I do, which is like enterprise SaaS technology sales, yeah. like whatever buzzword you want to use. Like it, it just gets very stressful. Just the nature of the way deals close, how long it takes, how many people are involved. Like it can be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. So I kept it together throughout the pandemic pretty well. Like for anyone who's in sales knows that the pandemic was a nightmare. No yeah. one had money. No one knew what was happening. They didn't want to spend yeah. anything. Like I just like fought tooth and nail to get everything done. Right. And like now the economy is like coming back online and it should be getting easier. And I think finally I was just like, <laughs> I just like, I was like, I need to take a break. Wait, so is it, it getting easier or not? It's, it's, uh, no, it is, done. it is getting easier, but like my job is always going to be a, 
pain in the ass. Like even if my boss yeah. is listening, they're probably nodding their head. They're like, it's always <laughs> a pain in the ass. Because they're always going to move the goalposts. They'll always move the goalpost. And just like what I do, it's very technical, but like there's so many people involved. Like when people hear sales, I think the yeah. misconception is it's like, oh, car salesman, yeah. guy pumping vacuums at your front door. Like I'm dealing with like data security, procurement departments, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I, it's, it's a lot. I, yeah. I enjoy it. But anyways, I finally burnt out and I was like, I got really sick. Uh, <laughs> I was like wow, out of commission really? for two weeks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to venture to guess whether I got the Delta variant. Um, I am vaccinated, but I just like I crashed and then we had a good buddy pass away and that kind of took some wind out of my sails for a little while. Yeah. And then there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, you know, what, man, I need to take a break. And kind of like what you're saying, I need to like focus on my job because that's what pays the bills right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what feeds my kids. <laughs> yeah. But that's the other thing too. You go, like I actually said this to this, um, one of my friends is comedian Tito Garza. He's a very funny guy. And we're playing golf. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I just don't know what I'm going to do if I don't, like, get more stage time. He's like, just keep doing your good job that, like, everybody would kill to have. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Because, like, other comics, like, they're like dog walkers. And they're like movers. And then they go on stage. And, like, that's all they do. Like, so, they have a job just to support their, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and right. in my beginning of doing all this stuff that was my mentality but right. then the job like you know and again it's like once you've played d1 athlete you know d1 athletics and then once you've done stand-up nothing is hard compared to that right like nothing's harder sure. than just like bombing and knowing you have like 18 more minutes on stage and it's not going to go well yeah. and then you know like it's like the embarrassment <laughs> of that stuck up there nothing yeah nothing is worse than that and like nothing's worse than like, you know, losing the game for your team and getting crushed by your coach and you're tired and injured and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it's not like I sound like a piece of shit right now, but I'm like <laughs> the corporate world is like so easy compared to that. Like in so many ways, it's like once you know the game and you know the like politics and the language, it's like this is, yeah. this is not I'm not running at 5 a.m. This is easy. You know, like that's what I've always said. I was like, no one's going to put me on the line. Yeah. If I send exactly. a bad email. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. The, the, the the physical threat or like uh, punishment. Yeah. Was what made you know what I mean? That was what made like football so <laughs> yeah. miserable. Like there's yeah. none of that at the office. That there might be, be like a, hilarious. A stern, <laughs> a stern talking to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like exactly the fact that the world is like soft now, which everybody says, you know, everybody talk about the negative of that, but the positive of it is that your boss really doesn't yell at you anymore. They'll be no, like, oh, they're very, they're quite supportive and they're yeah, probably yeah. concerned. They're like we have to have a hard conversation. That was really, really bad. Like that's so, and you, then you think about it, you're like, that wasn't yelling. That was just like a person being like, are you losing your mind? Like, <laughs> you know, so dude, I, I completely get it. Here's okay. So there's a couple things in my life that I've been able to like make non-negotiable. And I think that's what you have to do. So like for yep. me, the working out piece, that's yep. like how I keep my sanity. I also just don't feel good if I don't do something in the morning. Right. So like that's become so ingrained yeah. in like my daily habit yeah. that like I can't miss it. Right. Yeah. So I've got that built in. The next thing, though, is like, OK, the podcast, right? Like work is non-negotiable. Like I have to be available from nine to five thirty at the very least. Right. But like with the podcast, it's like, OK, I either like what I for the first year and a half, I was very regimented. I would start working on the podcast like seven thirty in the morning, whatever that meant. And I used right. to do a lot more of the things that make the show run by myself. Yeah. But I had that built in. 
when things started going off like the wagon a little bit and I got burnt out, I was like, oh, I'll fit it in after work or I'll fit it in on Sunday. Yeah. And like, that's when you fall behind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, whatever it is. And I don't know. I don't know. How you, how do you do that with stand-up comedy? Can you even do that? Well, the first thing was like when the pandemic hit, a lot of people were doing like shows in the park or, you know, my friend Ari was doing like one TikTok per day, every day, right. no matter what. And it was like, I saw people being like, oh my God, there's no, there's no like normal standup. Right. We're not, we don't exist unless we're like on stage, you know, like <laughs> I saw the shows in the park. It looked like hell. There was like no mic. There was like a homeless guy in the background. There's kids. It's like, to me, I'm like, I didn't need to do that. So I probably, right. probably fell off a little bit, you know, like just like I, when you're out of sight, you're out of mind. So the main thing yeah. is like how do I like network in a way that makes sense <laughs> where I'm not like wasting my time, but also like only doing the shows that I consider fun. And like, like networking is like even like a dirty word. It's like, just like hang out with the comics that I like. Right. Cause now time is so precious with, with my baby that it's like, I can't be at some like show that took two hours to get to. There's three people in the audience. There's like, you know what right. I mean? I'd rather just produce my own monthly show and like do that. than do these shows where like, what is, what is this? You know? Like, this yeah. Is yeah, terrible. yeah. Dude, it, it's like, you just, yeah. the filler time that you probably used to make up a lot of your free time. It's like, once you have a baby, it's gone. Cause now you're accountable and not just to the baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The other adult list. If Alyssa's at home with the baby and she's been with the baby all day yeah. and she knows you're just out, just having drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you need to get back and like tap in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I'm about to lose my mind. So it's like that free time is just not there. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's like in a way it's bad, but in a way it's good because it's like, I've been able to kind of shed that, um, like self-consciousness with like sending an email to ask to do a show or like self-consciousness of like, maybe I don't want to talk about it on stage. Like I'm just like writing stuff. That's very like honest. Yeah, and I think a lot of people like, you know, as a, as a salesperson, a lot of people like think they're asking for something, but right. they're not actually like, it's like, what do you want? Like, like, I'm like, it's almost like I'm willing to buy. Like, what are you asking me for? And they don't even know yeah. how to ask for what they want. Right. So hey, it's you're, pretty, you're being direct. Yeah, exactly. And that actually translates into like good standup writing. Cause like I used to have this Thanks. joke about like DiGiorno pizza <laughs> and I, I had this tag where I'm like, it was about how like nobody no, like DiGiorno had this whole ad campaign about tricking people that you had delivery. Right. And I was like, but who cares if you got delivery pizza? It's not like it's a, uh, it's not like a status symbol, you know, like someone orders a cheese pizza and you're like, Holy shit, Kenny's doing really well. He's crushing it out here. You know, like, what does he have? 12 bucks. This is unbelievable. But the way I originally did the joke was I was like, I, I guess I got to murder Kenny. And my friend's like, why do you got to murder Kenny? And he's like, and I was like, because I'm so jealous of how rich he is that he can afford delivery pizza. <laughs> but then my friend Ryan Beck goes, you don't say that in the joke. You just say you're going to uh, murder him. And we're like, why are you murdering this guy? <laughs> so the point is like, people, so you got to be direct. You have to be direct and like precise with your language. Yeah. And that's like kind of how you got to like live your life. You want to be successful too. You got to be like, what am I really asking for here? Right? Like, Dude, that's very true. And, and honestly, salespeople don't even do a good job of it. I'm sure Terrible. if I looked back through a bunch of proposals or whatever, I know, you know, but that's it. Like you have to be super direct. And here's the other thing that I've, I've gotten much better at having a kid and having a lot of stuff that I'm trying to do. Like I'm also much more respectful of other people's time. And because of that reason, I'm much more direct. 
Yeah. Like sometimes you would feel like, oh, I need to ask someone for something. I need to like kind of be nuanced and I need to get them there softly and then like take them down this road. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, hey, Bob, man, can I just get on the show? Like, if not, tell right. me now, because like I got to I got to figure yeah. out if I need a sitter. They're like, yeah. uh, yeah, come on out. Yeah. I've been using that excuse, too. I've been like, yo, I got I got to plan super ahead and like either yes or no. But, you know, there are people in stand up that are these gatekeepers that like produce these shows that are basically like they'll take the whole lineup from the seller and they'll just do it like at another bar. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, that's like, what's the point of that? Like you like bar shows and kind of the alt scene should be like couple pros that are really famous, couple people we think are new, whatever. Yeah. And to those people, I'm like, I've reached out to them. Like, why not just say, Noah, you're not funny or like, whatever. We don't like your tape. You suck. I'd actually prefer that than right. just pure ghost and just like going, no, people don't like shut you down. Like, I don't know. Right. I, I feel like society might be a little bit better if people were just like, yo dude, like, I don't know. It's not for me. Like, that'd be fine. I agree. Like, I I've been thinking about this a lot too. Like you're right. We're very progressive. Uh, we are now very politically correct, concerned with people's feelings. And by and large, like maybe I don't sound like it in this episode, but I'm actually a very <laughs> compassionate person. Um, and I often try to be like really conscientious about what I say to people. Right. Cause I like, I try to take their feelings into account. Yeah. So I also maybe sometimes err on the side of not being direct. Um, but I think oftentimes like you do somebody more harm than good. Yeah. You know, oh my like, God. I, have a, I have a story for you. With I would love to, to hear it. I would love to All hear right. it. All right. So one of Alyssa's friends was dating this guy for a while. So I'm not going to identify him, but he's an ex now. Mm -hmm. But we used to have to uh -huh. hang out with him when we were hanging out with that crew of girls. And like, you know, we're all the, you know, boyfriends and husbands. And the guy was like, not that smart, but like pretty argumentative. So at one yeah. point, he, Every, we're at this big, everybody knows that person. <laughs> so we're at this big group lunch and he says something like, you know, like the uh, distances of the countries on the map, like isn't right. They're further apart or something. And I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, cause of the map, the way it works. I'm like, are you talking about like how Greenland's big on a map? Because it's not a globe or like, <laughs> and Elizabeth's friend came over the other day and goes, yeah, we were all just like letting it go because we're just trying to be polite. He's I like, but, but you wouldn't just, yeah, I wouldn't let it go. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I didn't realize that the rest of the table was like, just kind of being like, yeah, he's an idiot. And we don't know like what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> yeah. We just don't, we just try and let it, we don't engage. But I feel we like just, more engagement would do better. Like people online engage a lot. Right. True. But when you actually ever confront someone in person, like 90% of the time, they're like a huge bitch about it and just like fold oh, like a little flower. Dude, nothing gets under my skin more. You know? <laughs> There's nothing I hate worse. Like again, I, I'm actually what's what's the right word? I, I'm I really don't like confrontation. Like right. <laughs> I, I try to avoid it. However, yeah, if someone doesn't say th something directly to me, but has the nerve to say it to someone else, hoping, oh, dude, I'll lose my mind. Because at some point, like yeah, you do have to be direct. And like I don't know what it is. Maybe it is like the internet, social media, texting. Like a lot of people don't have that skill anymore. Or they don't have the nerve to actually like confront yeah. someone in person. Or you could just be like, you don't have to be like a dick. You can just do it no. in a way that's like, but I mean, like when someone, like if someone's like, yeah, I'm not going to get vaccinated because blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, well, that's not true. <laughs> I'll just say like, I'll just be like, no, that's not true. And then right. if they argue with me, I'll be like, look, all I can do is say the right thing. Yeah. And you can either believe me or not. I say this to like a lot of people. I'll just be like, hey, 
All I'm doing is just telling you the exact right thing. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I've been proven right on some major things recently, like, like in my family that have been yeah. fantastic where I've just been like, yeah, that's what I've been telling you for uh, 10 months, you know? So <laughs> I will say though, I consciously make that decision. I'm like, is this yeah. a person that I even want to bother correcting? Like, like, do I even want to go down the road that I'm going to have to go down for us to come to some sort of resolution? Right. And a lot of times I'm like, eh, no, no, I just want this. Inter- let's get this interaction over. I've me, worked let me, on, let me eat my cake at this wedding. Right. But I worked on not being like, that's one of the things I early, I've had three therapists and the first therapist, one of the <laughs> things I worked on that was like a breakthrough was like, do you have to be the guy who says, you know, what the hell are you talking about with the map? Right. You know what I mean? And I was like, it feels like I do because <laughs> I always am. And then people expect me to be, and they're like, she was like, next time that you're in that situation, just like, don't say it. Right. If someone's, there's some girl being really loud and annoying and your, your, your instinct is to be like, shut up, yeah. <laughs> just don't say it and see what happens. And I was like, yeah, I do feel a little better, but now I almost feel like I got to go back the other way where I'm like, I've been holding back, baby. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> like sometimes yeah, I'm like, so just I the should shot, try let, to let the shots rip. Yeah, like sometimes I'm like, I should try to get fired from ESPN. I should be like, where's the line where I can say something? Do you know what I mean? I'm like that, yeah. not like I actually want to, but see, like, like not so worried about like offending versus just like being funny. You know what I mean? Like, see, the irony to me, yeah, the irony to me is that like culturally, everyone is trying to be politically correct, right? And like, and if you don't, you get slapped down, right? But the irony to me is that the fastest way to become popular and yeah, grow yeah. your audience it's just is to say outlandish shit. Right. Yeah. Because people like, I think that's just like an indicator that like what people really want is like people who are authentic, speak their mind. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But like but, my, my father-in-law, yeah. when I started, you know, when I started really doing like ESPN games versus just like Ivy league stuff, he's like, everybody wants to be Charles Barkley. But you can at your level. You will get buried and off the off the air. You can't just say whatever the hell you want. And I think it's like, I don't know if it's good advice. It might be good advice to stay in the middle. It might be like at some point you got to go for it or not. You know what I mean? Like everybody, everybody thinks they can be Howard Stern. Right. But can you? Me and you are sitting here afraid of our wives right now as we speak. <laughs> if we say the wrong thing, we are toast. I've already softened so many statements just based on what like the repercussions might be at home. Yeah. yeah. Once she listens to this. Exactly. And our wives are cool as shit. And like my wife's a comic. She like understands what funny is, but we're still like, we don't want to get in trouble. And that's something, (laughs) that's something else I thought about, you know, that, that me and Alyssa have talked about a lot. We were, we were as kids, you know, not as a teenager as much, but we were both the kids in our family that were like, if you get in trouble, it's like the worst thing. Like you feel awful. Right. You, and it's like the shit we did to get in trouble was like nothing relative to other people we know or whatever. No. It was just like, but you can't oh, yeah. be, if you live in fear of being in trouble all the time, you're just going to be on the road to the middle. You're going to not piss off your boss. You're not going to piss off your coworkers. And you're just going right. to be like, everybody, you know, thinks I'm a swell person, you know? And like, so I've been trying to get out of I that think- mentality too. I think the thought is that it, like it's safe in the middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, just stay with the crowd. Like, stick out a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. yeah Don't exactly. draw too much attention to yourself because, like, you might get smacked back down. <laughs> right. I agree. That You know what? That's, that is a hard thing to break because I think I was kind of raised in the same way. And then you, you know? had coaches it's going, like, 
to get on the line and don't do this. And here's how we're going to do it. Right. We, you know, like we, I know this girl who's a PhD. Actually, you know, you know her too, Jess Conway. So she even, yeah. she even is like thinking about homeschooling her kids. Cause she's like school. What does school really teach you? The main yeah. thing it teaches you is conformity. Sit at that yeah. desk. Don't go over there. She's like, she's like, we have like five-year-olds who are like, they want to get up and see what's going on over here. And it's like, school is telling them, no, sit down. Yeah. And I kind of like, I feel that, but I'm also like, yo, we got to live in society. Like I want, you know, like you do have to sit down sometimes. Right. But it is funny that like, we are told what to do so much. And then you go into adult life and it's like, and now you have a boss that when you do try to do something on your own, whether it's a podcast or stand up, whatever, you almost don't know how to do it anymore. You're almost like, you're almost like, you know, make your own workout program, like make your own workout program. And I'm talking about, don't look on the internet. Go in there. Like how many people have actually done that where you're like, I'm going to do 500 air squats. <laughs> I'm going to do six right. minutes on the, on the assault bike. Like nobody does that. I would say 1% of all people working out made up their own shit. Yeah. So I think it's nuanced, right? Like to some extent and the people who can like read that nuance well, like can navigate that I think are people who are really successful in life. Yeah. Because if you are <laughs> an average person, if you are uh, the average amount of funny, yeah, like you might want to just kind of like stay in your lane and stop like, you know what I mean? Popping right. off at work because no one's enjoying it. And it's not getting <laughs> yeah, you anywhere. Yeah. Right. Right. Or like maybe you want to be a broadcaster and you're just kind of like a good analyst. Yeah. You're not hilarious. Like, yeah, stay in your lane and like hope you're handsome enough that, you know, over the yeah. years, like you'll get a shot. But like you, outrageously funny, quick witted. Like staying in the lane is probably like hampering you. Now, I also don't think you do that. Like, I love watching your broadcast. Oh, good. And Thank I think you. I do, I do think you step outside the lines quite a bit. Um, oh, good. All right. I always feel like yeah. I'm holding back. I really do. And then Alyssa says the yeah. same thing. She's like, she's like, no, no, no. You're really good. You don't like, you don't see like what you do. It's like, which is ironic because I'm like, Mr. You know, feeling myself. But <laughs> I, I hear what you're saying. It's like, if you're the guy who's like, you know, um, if you're Pistol Pete Maravich, you're an innovator. But if you're just some asshole at the park throwing the ball behind your back, it's like, just run, what are you run doing, the system. Bro? Just run the system. <laughs> but that's another thing is like, all right, here's a, here's a great question for this podcast. Yeah. It's like, do you try to improve your weaknesses or do you figure out what your strengths are and just do strength only? Like, go to what you're good at. And like, and I would argue strengths, man. Like, just do what you're good at because. Even as a player, like when you work on your weaknesses, yeah, you still you still revert to your tendencies. You still do what you're good at naturally. Yeah, you know, you work on your left hand for hours, and then you shoot six right-handed layups and one left-handed layup <laughs> in the game. You know? No, I agree. I I think that what I've learned, I would agree with you. What I've learned is like don't sacrifice your strengths to try and improve your weaknesses, right? right. Like uh, obviously, if you're a basketball player. Right. And you're great Mm -hmm. in the low post, but you have no mid range jumper. Yeah. Like keep hammering the low post, but over time, like it will benefit you to like add that to your repertoire. Right. Like LeBron's an excellent example of that. Like he is like mastered like going down low and now he's like impossible to guard. Yeah. But what I would say is yes, like more often than not, even in the world of sports, like you can get really far if you are excellent at one thing in baseball. Yeah, you can go to the pros and not even have to like put a glove on. You can just be a DH or you can just fucking throw knuckleballs all day. Right. You don't need any other skills if you have that one. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like go all in on that. Like here's a great segue because I think about this all the time. Okay. In investing. 
Yes. Love. Love it. I would love, I would love to start talking investing <laughs> on this podcast more. Okay. <laughs> Diversification, right? Yeah. People are always talking about like, oh, like, hey, if something, if something becomes an outsized percentage of your portfolio, like trim some of that and like spread it back to the other areas of your portfolio. Yeah. And I heard a great analogy on CNBC. It, it might've been like John Najarian or one of these <laughs> savage NFL veterans. And, and he was like, why are you going to cut your flowers to feed your weeds? He's right. like, if you have some that's working, go yeah. in on that thing. Stop yeah, yeah. spreading it around with all these other BS companies. Yeah. He's like, double down on Amazon. Right. Like if you've right. been pulling money off the table on Amazon to put it into IBM because yeah. it was safer, like yeah. you're probably doing terrible. All right. Yeah, so let, I don't know. I let's agree. examine that. Double though. down on strength. But let's okay. examine that though. So let's say instead of Amazon, you were you were mm-hmm. on a stock mm-hmm. that was a uh, you know negative eight bagger. You know, so you're losing all your money. So how do you take that mentality? I guess like that's not a strength. Number one, right? So <laughs> I think it works either way. I'm just examining it from that point okay, of view. Okay. It's easier to look back and go. Yeah. I guess the only case where you're fucked is like something like shoots up like my friend that's happened to my friend uh who you know as well john had a stock at two dollars shoots up to 21 didn't sell back down to two yeah that's true so we we, we've all been there and i think talk investing you got to read what's going on in the market you got to read what's going on at the macro level what's going on with the like there should be signs right but i think oftentimes and again i'm speaking to someone who's invested for like 10 years but it's like you see something run up and you're like, oh, let me get out of that and let me spread it around, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. To take some no, risk off the table. But it's like, you know, let's say you're uh, you're an excellent like multifamily real estate. Right. Right. Um, someone would say like, oh, well, real estate should just be a portion of your portfolio. Right. Like, well, maybe you're really great at running multifamily and you'd get way further if you doubled down also, on what you're great at. Right. And I also view it always as like, I actually think that if I got to $2 million or $5 million, like I have like two levels in my mind. Yeah. I'm like, then I'd be fine. Like, <laughs> like if you have a, if you have a number in your mind, it doesn't matter what you do. When you hit that number, you're like, right. I'm good. But if your goal is just to ball as hard as you can infinitely, the more money you make, the more you're going to spend. Right. You'll be screwed forever. And I'm an investor for probably three or four years. Yeah. So the number one thing, like this is, this is straight out of Pete Carrill's book where it's like, Dumb coaches go, that's Michael Jordan. You can't do that. Don't play like him because he's Michael Jordan. He's special. Smart mm-hmm. coaches go, look at what the good players do and just imitate them. So oh, I was yeah. like, everybody who's smart is saying, own Apple, own Google, own Microsoft. Like, There's just like these big blue chip stocks. So I'm like, I'm going to start by owning some of that. I'm going to start by owning yeah. some Starbucks. I have 20 stocks. My number one <laughs> biggest earner is Google. Yeah. Okay? And I, it might come crashing down in the future of the, you know, like it could be become obsolete. There could be some shit that our kids do that sure. they're like computers is like baby shit, you know, yeah. but like, but it's like <laughs> everybody I know who's rich, I guarantee you they own some Apple and they own some Google. Oh, I agree. Do you know what I mean? So it's I, like, um, go, go up to the guy yeah. in the gym and go, if I worked out at your gym, I'd be like, what the fuck do you do? And I've, I've right. done this to you. And then I, you tell me and I go, I don't want to do that. That sounds like way too much work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did do I did do the workout you gave me for a while, and I was like, yeah. "All right, this proves that Kenny's genetics are just excellent." <laughs> <laughs> well, so man, I, I'm escaping on Gavin McMillan. So I actually had him on the show, but I mean, dude, he's coached 
he's a, like a really innovative, um, I guess you would call him a strength and conditioning coach, but I mean, NBA, you know, everyone from like Tyson Chandler to, uh, what is it? Zach Levine. I'm totally spaced yeah. on this. Right. I mean, NBA, like NFL, Troy Polamalu, like baseball. I mean, you name it, like top tier elite NFL athletes. Right. right. And like a lot of those guys he works with because he has an incredible reputation. Yeah. But he told me the exact same thing. I was a sophomore in college. Troy Polamalu was training right there. And he was like, look, man, he's like, you can try and figure out what, how all this shit works. He's like, honestly, go find the guy who's the best at what you want to do yeah. and just copy what he's doing. Yeah. Just mimic him. You yeah. know, like he might not even be doing the right thing, but like something that he is doing yeah. is working for him. Like you'll probably yeah. be better served more often than not just trying to replicate what he's doing. Yeah. And also everybody like knows this, especially in the realm of uh, internet self-improvement, but like <laughs> hang out with people richer than you, hang out better players than you. Like yeah. I, you know, when you're, when you're the best guy in high school and you shoot 200 jump shots in a day, you go, everybody's applauding you. You're just a hard worker. You work so much harder than everybody else, you know? So then I, I got into this workout in end of college, like the last two summers of college, I'd work out with 25 guys. It was yeah. 10 NBA players, four guys from Duke, three guys from UNC. Go down the line. It was a five hour workout. Yeah. You would wow. get there early, do an hour of shooting. Then we play one-on-one. -on -one. Then we play two-on-two. -two. Then we play three-on-three. -three. Then we play five-on-five. -five. And then the pros would stay and shoot another hour. So it was like... 200 jump shots. What the hell is that? You you just, right. you just set a limit. Like that seems like a lot. And, and then you see like, what do pros actually do and how good they are? And then your bar gets moved up 10 notches. Oh. Cause you go, you, you do it for a couple of days and then you go, look, I can't, I, I, I don't have it in me. You know, <laughs> like, like, or, or you do have it in you and your talent level peaks out, but like, absolutely. You, you, you can't know, like if you're just some kid in the gym somewhere, and you're pretty strong. Right. You can't know what like Ronnie Coleman is doing or like, you know, any of these like right. bodybuilding pros, but one, but now you can with the internet, you can literally be like, what is his workout and try to do it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. If you're someone who's like self-motivated and willing, like that, that's the thing that drives me nuts is like, there's so much information at people's fingertips. Yeah. Like there, there and should mis never be and misinformation like, though. That's the problem that, yeah, that's fair. Okay. I have a, fair. a cottage industry making fun of, basketball trainers i have two coaches that i text nonstop. where i'm like because they're working on stuff that is a an offensive foul a travel or like not a move and right. they have all these kids lined up doing these moves and i'm like i feel bad for the kids that do want to learn and do the right thing but are like yeah i'm working yeah. on my cross jab uh drop pull through and i'm like that's not even a, a basketball term right that's you know so travel. there's a lot of snake oil salesmen Left and right. So yeah. I hope people listening to this podcast are like, you know, filtering your, your guests are great. You're great. You know, what you're doing, but like, this would be a place I would go if I was like, wanted to get in great shape or like whatever, improve yeah. my overall health. Well, I appreciate but, I, that, but, I, but, but it is like a lot, there's a lot of bullshit out there and it's like Dude, hard to so know what, what's what. I, try, I tried to ask some, I asked a couple like uh, really well-respected coaches, guys who leaders in their space. And it was, it was that exact question. It's like, Hey, a lot of people want to get better. There's a lot of snake oil. How do they determine? And I feel like one of the best answers I got was, oh, it was Chad Wesley Smith. Um, he runs a juggernaut strength training. You ever checked out their stuff? I mean, they're, they're no. everywhere on the internet. Yeah. But um, basically, he was like, either like, have they personally had success doing it? Do the people that they coach personally have success doing it? 
and there was one other, but it's like, basically like you, you really, before you take someone's advice, you yeah. know, and like people can use misleading references so you can still get burned, but it's like, you have to take it upon yourself to try and identify, like, are they credible? Yeah. One thought Yeah. before we go down this road any further, cause I want to bring it back to something you said. Okay. This idea of like building a group of people around you who are better than you in yeah. whatever field you want to get better. That goes hand in hand with like, you also have to cut out the stragglers. Yeah, but you know, like if, but this if people, is why it's a it's a it's dichotomy. If I'm some it. loser, like right yeah. now I'm some loser in comedy, basically, right? Sure. And I like know all the cool kids. Like I know everybody in New York at this point. But if I just roll up to the cellar and I'm like, "Yo, um, what's up? I'm just here to hang," they're gonna be like, "Yo, you didn't like get past here. You're like not at this level yet." You know what I'm saying? But I bet honestly, if I went there a bunch of times and then also was like, "Yo, I'm doing this other club," and I'm like. Eventually they'd be like, all right, you're putting in your deuce. You know, you're like, you're like the little high right. school kid who wants to play with the college kids and they go get the hell out of your kid. And then you grow six inches and they go, all right, man, like apparently you really want to be here. So maybe I talk myself out of that. No, maybe I think you might. I, I get it. I get it. And especially comedy too. Like, I mean, I'm not going to pretend to understand, but I feel like that, that group, like the group that you would need to get at to be with people who are better at comedy than you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've put in the time they've put in their dues. Like I, I get that there probably really well, is like a need to be accepted kind of into, but like even, even amongst, level. even amongst my friends, yeah. my tight friends in comedy, there's, I mean, there's two that are, there's three that are inarguably doing better than me career wise yeah, and probably have like more material than me. I could admit that they have more material. Right. I think that my funniest shit stands up to their funniest shit, but like yeah. they can do an hour. I can do half an hour and probably 10 of it's bullshit. Right. So it's like, I'm already doing that a little bit, but I think it's like, I would know, say you want to yeah. hang out with people you like too. So it's not just like, yo, no, I got to find I, my squad of people that uh, blah, blah, blah. But like people that actually care about you too, who like want you to do well. Definitely. Here's the other thing too. Like, I think let's say you have a defined goal. Right. Yeah. Let's go back to investing. Okay. Let's say, let's say real estate. Cause this is actually a good, this is a good one, right? Okay. You might not have people in your circle who do real estate investing. Like you just right. might not. Right. Yeah. But you can find a way to plug into some sort of community that does now online. There's a lot of ways to do it. Or you could go to like a local real estate meetup and like, yep. okay. Devil's advocate, just showing up there. People are not going to pull you in. Yep. Right. And I think now we're getting to like self-help territory, but which I love. Come on, man. Yeah, I, love I, I, do too. I have a podcast about, have, you know, yeah, optimizing is, your performance. Come on. But I, I think you need to show up and like determine like, okay, how do I add value? Like, yeah. how do I'm not where these guys are at yet, but I want to hang around. Cause I know if I can yep. learn from their experience and start to get pulled into their opportunities that they're working on, like I'm going to be a better real estate investor, Yeah, but they're not just going to let you in. So right. like you got to bring something to the table and often it's like hustle or yeah. it's connections. I think it's hustle and it's also or like it's, not being annoying, right? Because you got to oh, go yeah. in there and just not be it. like coming in like laser hot. So I have a, I have a, I have a branch off of this conversation that I let's, think you'll like. Okay. I got time. <laughs> so I read a, uh, there's a great long read article in New York magazine. Okay. And it was like basically all about drinking. Okay. Did I tell you about this already? No, oh, but I love uh, wherever okay. you're going. I'm ready. No, so I'm ready. Let's see it, it was kind of like, where are we at with drinking in America? Where did we come from? It went all the way back to prohibition. Mm. Okay. 
People in the 80s and 90s actually drank less than they drink now. Right now, drinking's at an all-time high, okay? And I believe that. There was, you know, COVID. People are drinking. What they notice, and they this is studied by sociologists, is that more people are drinking alone now than ever before. And they're even drinking mm. alone, that what you classify alone, like at the bar. People will come in, yeah. they'll order their five drinks, stare at their phone, and not talk to anybody and leave, Okay. Oh, that's interesting. But, but one of the things that, that came out of this was basically like after studying all these behaviors, all these groups of people that like moderate drinking is actually good for you and good for society. <laughs> oh, okay. I like, can see that. There used to be a thing in, in coding where it would be like you have, a, you have four beers and then you, you, you write the most unbelievable code you have in your life hmm. because you, you, you're familiar with getting into flow, right? Oh, dude. All about it. Flow, flow state. Beer... <laughs> Beer wine can like get you into a flow state because it takes away that anxiety, like but, but, anxiety, right? Yeah. But not two bottles of wine, like two glasses of wine, right? There's a happy medium to be had. So they even went back to like primates who could tolerate the fruit that fell down and got fermented and could eat it, like lived. And they tied this into the fact that religious societies lasted longer, had longer, um, you know, as a society and had longer life expectancy because of that sense of community. Yeah. Okay. So the old, the old way in America was you have your job, you have your church mm -hmm. and then you go home to your family. So you have three places and then right. maybe it was the saloon and then it was home or whatever. <laughs> but I think right now we're in an age where there's like a lot of community to be had if you look for it. Yeah. But it's quite easy to just go to your job, go home and stare at your phone and have oh, like absolutely. no community at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you find that community, if like you don't naturally have 25 good friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know what it is, man? It, it, at some point, it's like people have to take initiative. Yeah. Like it is here to your point, like talk about anxiety inhibition. Like it is uncomfortable to put yourself in new situations, especially outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Especially if it's something you care about. Because Dude, you're I like, feel, oh, that, yeah. And ahead. I feel, I feel like so. Sometimes I feel self-conscious in the gym when I'm like out of shape and I'm just getting back in yeah. and I look at the people that are like obese that are there and I go, that must be really hard. Right. Like, you know, you know that they are feeling like, God damn, I'm like too fat to be here. I like feel awful. Cause I'm like, I feel that way. And I don't like, I look pretty good. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, I applaud them. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I wish I was in better shape. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and I'm one of the most outgoing people in the world and I have social anxiety. If like I make up a story in my head about like, Oh, this group of comedians has been on TV. So they don't like, I shouldn't be here. I don't belong here. You know what I mean? Like, right. and then I still have that, which is amazing. Cause I'm like, I've never had trouble talking to anybody in my entire life. So what's right. it like for a, like a quote unquote normal level outgoing person who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to get in shape. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. What, uh, you know? I agree, man. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it's a skill that you have to build over time. Yeah. Like here's something that I've thought about and I will bring this back, but like I, there's, we've been to a lot of weddings this summer and for whatever reason, like I am someone who I feel really comfortable talking in front of people. Yeah. Like I didn't always, but you know, like over time there are a lot of opportunities to do so. I, I began to feel more confident in my ability to do that. And so now I'm like, beginning to recognize like the ability to do that at important events is like kind of like 
uh, an underappreciated skill. And a lot of people don't have it for probably yeah. a lot of the reasons that you're mentioning. So for me, I'm like, wow, like when someone goes up in front of a crowd, like at a wedding gives an amazing best man speech, like the impact that has on everyone. Yeah. I'm like, that's really powerful. And I'm like, I want my kids to have that. So I'm like, I'm going to train them at a young age oh, to get man. comfortable speaking in those situations. But here's my thought. It's like, okay, hey, Harper, you know, everyone's here for Thanksgiving dinner. Like, will you stand up and tell everyone a few words about, you know, why you're so thankful everyone's here? Right. Right. Something little, but like over time, like condition them to like get over in small doses. Yeah. That, that fear of speaking. Yeah. Because I, I think that's really similar to like putting yourself in a new situation. Yeah. You know, no, it's I, like, and you know, you, there's an old Seinfeld joke about it where it's like the number one fear in America is public speaking. And number two is death. So that means right. if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be the one in the casket than giving the eulogy, right? It's like so true. Unless you're like but, me, but, where uh, like the the craving for attention is higher than the discomfort of talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great point. But my thought there is it's like over time, if you keep putting yourself in new situations, eventually you realize a lot of those fears are unfounded. You know, oh, yeah. and here's the other thing that I've realized that helps is people people are tied up in their own BS anyways. Like nobody cares so about worried you. about themselves. Yeah, exactly. No one cares about you. Nobody. No one is worried about <laughs> you being here. They're just worried about like their own standing within this group. And they would right. actually love to talk to you because they're nervous to be there too. Right. Exactly. So it's like, anyways, I guess like how we got onto this, it's, it's, yeah, it's like you have to take the initiative. You have to like get over the anxiety because no one gives a shit. Yeah. So it's like, if you step up, people are probably going to appreciate the fact that you're trying unless they're a real dick and then, well, you don't want to be around them anyways. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the last thing that made me like really uncomfortable to try that was new. Yeah. And I don't know if like, I don't know. I, I can't think of something that I was like, I've, I've, I've got one if you want to hear oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want to hear yours. And I just, <laughs> okay. And so you might not believe me. Sonia did not believe me. Um, I got invited by a local gym owner here. What's up, Dan? He's the man. Um, to join uh, like a, a Jack and Jill softball league. Okay. I got to know, I was in his gym. I was actually trying to do the pull-up attempt. And he was like, hey, you don't by chance play softball, do you? I was like, I right. know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a, a pr pretty decent athlete. I bet I could figure it out. And I played baseball until I was like freshman year. Um, going out that first time, <laughs> dude, I was legit nervous. Yeah. Like I had to go like buy a glove. I, cause I haven't done this stuff since, you know, I'll do it now with my kids, but Did you get any hits. I was legitimately, dude, I, cr I crushed the ball. Like my fears were so unfounded. Number one. And also like <laughs> I was getting pitched to by someone's grandmother, like yeah. some sweet old lady who like <laughs> volunteers at the church is lobbing softballs for me to hit. Like <laughs> I was so overqualified to go be there, but right. I was legit like, Oh my God. Like, I, I don't know how they play. Like, I don't know what the quality is. Like, are they going to accept me? <laughs> and like, in hindsight, I'm like, it's so ridiculous. And yeah. I'm also a very outgoing person. And that is like, so in my wheelhouse. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we just, we just lost our, sem we lost in the semifinals tonight, actually. That's why oh, I was a little wow. late. Sorry. Sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely have like a, um, it's weird. I'm not, I'm not nervous to be on TV, but yeah. the, uh, which most people would be petrified. Yeah, I guess the only time I get nervous is of like, I kind of know the setup is going to be bad for me to do well. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like if I'm like, all right, the TVs are on, they just saw a magician for an hour. 
they're going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's like right, a fair okay. fight, like like if it's like people in the right direction, there's no distractions, then it's either my fault or not. But like, there's so many like comedies. Like I got booked on this comedy show to do an hour at a high school. Okay. Yeah. And they were like, all right, you got to do an hour. I'm like, for me, that's like super long, but I was like, yeah, I got you. And then they're like, all right, um, can't be dirty. Like at all. Can't even like talk about sex. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And then they were like, not really anything about relationships either. And these were all like separate emails. <laughs> they're like, don't really talk about like these kids don't date. So like, don't talk about like, you know, how you're married or anything like that. And I'm like, all right, now my set is like four minutes long. If you like take out like <laughs> marriage, sex, relationships, I'm like you just chipped away at my whole. You know, I was supposed bit. to talk about like fruit for like an hour. So, <laughs> so yeah. I emailed them and was like, oh, and then and so then they go. The last comic we had last year was Joe Para, who's like a he's like a very alt comic. He couldn't be more different than me. Yeah, New York based guy, been on TV, he's doing great. But so different than me that I was like, right. So I just emailed them was like, I'm not going to do this gig because I knew <laughs> it was a hell gig. And it's like, I didn't need the money. So I was like, there's no reason. The, the only option was go there and just like talk about sex until they pull me off the stage and like right. piss off the old people. But the kids would love it or just not do it. And I decided because I knew the adults in charge. I don't want to piss them off. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm just not going to do it. But that's the only time I get nervous is when I'm like, you know, the, the ask is unreasonable. So. Yeah. You know, another way to kind of get comfortable is be like, wait, what am I actually trying to do here? Is it like actually possible? You know what I mean? Right. Well, I'll give you a great example. And a lot of people might not relate to this, but if you've been, so we both went to Princeton, so you'll, you'll be able to relate to this. So I think maybe you don't feel this way. I definitely had a little chip on my shoulder that, uh, if not for football, I probably wouldn't have been there. And I think a lot of people probably say, no, it's not chip without, <laughs> without football. You absolutely would not have been there. <laughs> But I, re but I remember because of that, right. Sitting in precept, which for, you know, people who didn't go there or whatever, it would be like a smaller subset of the class. It would be yeah. led by a grad assistant. And this is where you would like dive in to the topics that were yeah. covered in class or in your reading. And you are not only expected, you're often required to participate Yeah. for me in those early years. And maybe even through all of it, like dude, gut wrenchingly nervous. Cause I just, I didn't feel like I belonged. Yeah, or well, I didn't do any of the reading. <laughs> yeah. I was com completely unprepared. But that kind of bled into the early years of my work life because I was like, well, you know what? Just like be quiet. Just just kind of listen. Uh, yeah. Don't don't poke your head out, and you know people won't know that you don't know what you're talking about. And because of that, like I think I actually missed out on a lot of opportunities. And and what I've learned is a great way to get yourself included is like to ask thoughtful questions. Right. Like people love to hear themselves talk. Yeah. And so it's like, you already know everything, you know, so shut up and like find out what these other people that you want to learn from know and like be thoughtful about it. And they'll really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that I've learned later in life. It's like, if you're going to interject yourself into a new circle, a new environment where you don't know people, yeah, just ask questions, man. Yeah. You actually don't have to know anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can contribute to the conversation in a great yeah, well, way. My sister told me this like 10 years ago. She's like, you know, you don't, um, you don't actually ask how I'm doing or like what's going on. Like we like hang out one-on-one -on -one. 
And I was kind of like, well, I'm like hanging out with you. Obviously I want to know like what's going on in your life. She's like, yeah, but you don't ask. And I was like, mm. every time I've seen her since then, I've been like, yo, how are you? Like, what's going on? How's work? I always just ask those questions. Yeah. And I think like early twenties, people are very obsessed with themselves and are very like, they want to tell you their story. They want to tell you what's going on with them. Yeah. Versus like, if I go back, I'd be like, they're going to find out you played at Princeton. You're a big guy. You're loud. They're going to figure out like whatever. Yeah. Just to like ask people about themselves and also ask like about what's going on or the project or the work or whatever. I, I do feel like everybody's like out here trying to tell the legend of themselves, you know, when they're right. insecure versus later in your career, you're like, I don't care if these people know I've done X, Y, Z in my past. Like someone else is going to tell them about me if I'm that impressive or if it's not worth it, they won't, you know, it's like kind of, kind of like getting actual confidence versus like, just like fake, confidence, right. you know, I agree. And that's two thoughts there. One thought my dad always told me, he was like, let, let other people do the talking for you. And I think, to, you know, maybe to some extent that's to my detriment. Cause maybe, I don't know, maybe I should pump my own stuff more. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, and this was, this was a CEO that I worked for. Yeah. Um, he was, he was the best at this one. Well, actually, look, he, here's the other reason that I think people do such a terrible job. Like to your point, people are so wrapped up in themselves. Like, the reason that people can never remember anyone's name, it's not because they're incapable of remembering names. Yep. It's because the whole time, and I'm guilty of it too. Yeah, they're yeah. like, am I saying my name right? They're yeah. like, did, did, did I introduce myself as Ken well enough? And like, oh shit, he introduced himself. I didn't even hear it. I was so worried about how I was coming off. Yeah, and that's so weird. There's there's never been a, ch ch a time in my life where I've been like, I'm Chuck. Ah, I fucked <laughs> it up. You know, like, we're, we're batting a thousand at saying our names. Right. And yet we are so... All you're thinking is Noah, 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 Noah. Don't know their name. Oh, it's, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Do I shake his hand? Oh, yeah, shit. Exactly. Uh, it's Ken. How you doing? Oh, <laughs> damn it. Exactly. Totally, it's like totally does it and it makes no sense. Yeah. Because again, everyone's just so wrapped up in their own head. Yeah. And when you it, actually, the way to remember somebody's name, like, like, and I've gotten light years better at this by doing sales and probably by doing basketball games because when I prep for a game, I don't want to just like look at my notes and be like, all right, number 12 is, you know, Johnson. I want to like know who the person is. So when I see them, I know their story. They're from Louisiana transfer from USC. Yep. He's a sophomore off the top of my head. That's how I learned their names is I learned their whole story. So when you're like meeting yeah. someone and you go, all right, tall blonde ladies name, whatever, Lisa, and you go, oh, okay, Lisa's from Rhode Island. And then, like, you know it's Lisa because you know the person. Right. And you're not thinking about yourself at all. You have to be like, I'll get to me later. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, like, right. chill. Actually, here's something I would love to ask you about. Because yeah. I, think, I think we're almost underselling you as a broadcaster and a comedian. Okay. Like, you've gotten yourself, and you're still young, you've gotten yourself to a place where you're on ESPN, you're doing yep. some big time games. Yeah. Uh, you've done some big time shows, right? You've been at the comedy cellar, which a lot yep. of people would consider to be like the creme de la creme of New York. And like New York is the creme de la creme of comedy. Exactly like, once, but yes, whatever people, uh, they didn't, uh, well, I'll edit that yeah. out. <laughs> That's but, right. my, my point being like, you have already made it to a point in a couple fields that quite frankly might be some of the most challenging fields to like ascend through. Right. Yeah. So what I would love to hear, and I'm sure people would too, is like, you know, what would you attribute as to like how you were able to do that? Yeah. Well, it's, it goes back to our last, uh, it goes back to a lot of what we've covered already. Right. So 
initially like why did i want to be on air and and what's the true essence of what did i want to why did i want to be on air right and it actually wasn't to achieve fame and for my own personal glory despite my uh wow persona like (laughs) i truly felt like as a player you had no voice at all Uh. you were just do what you're told do what you're told do what you're told but like I was the kid who sought out the program for jumping higher, who bought the book from five star, who bought the videos from five, who did the stuff in my driveway, went to camps, wrote everything down, had notebooks full of crap. Right. So I wanted to like have a voice for like the player's point of view. Mm -hmm. I was like, I finally get to say what I actually think. This is interesting to me for that reason alone. Right. Yeah. And the second part was unbelievable mentors in the space. Like my first partner at Princeton basketball was John Sadak. And I literally walked up to him in a away game and was like, I'd like to do color. Who's nobody does color on the road. Right. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, he's like, I did one game and they're like, you can do all the road games. If you show up, (laughs) just do them. I just sat in the chair and I just did it. Yeah. So I I just did it, but I had Sadak teach me the fundamentals. Like, yo, it's radio. We can't see what's going on. So I have to call, this is him talking. I have to call the action. So they know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Second thing is the most important thing is time and score. Hmm. So when the ball's inbounded till it gets to half court, that's your time to get in with a comment because nothing's happening, right? I can go and think about it on the radio. You don't see it. So I go, man, he was sprinting to his left. He turned and he, he almost stepped out of bounds. And that was a great footwork on the three point shot. And then I right. get out and I lay out and I let him get in. Yeah. Now with TV, it's the opposite. The color guy is the star because we Everyone can see it. So when radio right. guys transition to TV, they are always doing a radio call, play-by-play guys, most of the time. Hmm. They go left-handed dribble across the timeline, out to the wing, inside, bang, bang. it's like too much. A TV yeah. call is like, it's LeBron, left wing, probing, oh! It's like five words. Right. So I learned that from Sadak, who is now literally the voice of the Cincinnati Reds. That's really? how far he's gone. He is the Cincinnati Reds TV guy. You're kidding Old me. time MLB baller. He does NFL. Oh. He does college football. He does college basketball. And he's That's like amazing. Yeah, he's like got the dream job. When I when I worked with him, I was like, what's the dream job? He's like, NBA or MLB, like voice of the team. You know, like that's right. So I was lucky to have him as a mentor, Derek Jones. Uh, my next partner at Princeton was kind of a mentor. And then um you know, I married into this family by accident that, you know, my wife's grandfather is Bob Wolf, who's a Hall of Fame broadcaster who, you know, did games with Babe Ruth, who did Don Larson's perfect game. He's in the baseball Hall of Fame. He's in the basketball Hall of Fame. He's got a square at MSG. And his son, Rick, who's my father-in-law, was a broadcaster um, doing college baseball. And then he also has done a show on WFAN like every Sunday for like 20 years. Yeah. So once I linked up with them, they were like, you know, and Bob passed away since then. But but Rick, like, watches me now, texts me, coaches me. And he's a former uh, baseball coach as well. So, like, the way that he coaches is, like, perfect. He's like, that was really good. Do more of that. Careful with this because you said this before. Like, it's very positive. Yeah. And, like, so it's all the things we've talked about. It's like, be really clear about what you want. Yeah. And then every year I would make a tape and I would send it to CBS, Fox, ESPN, CBS Sports, NBC Sports. 
and either get a no or just a pure ghost for eight years. Well, and that's what I was going to say yeah. too. And maybe you're going to get to this, but like yeah. what I saw as well was just like the grind. Yeah. Like I felt like there was, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed like there was no job that you would pass up. It didn't matter if it was a Princeton yeah. road game and God knows where, yeah. like in Omaha on a Tuesday yeah. night and you had to be back at work on Wednesday, yeah. or if it was like a, a girl's basketball game in Connecticut, like yeah. it just seemed like no matter what it was, you're like, yep, I'll take the opportunity. I'll run with it. I'll make the most of it. And like, I'm going to take this yeah. rep. Well, I drove, um, you know, early on, I drove down to DC to do a Princeton women's game against Georgetown solo on the radio. And I did play by play. Nice. And it's a, one of the like two times I've done play by play. And I didn't have like, you know, I didn't have commercials or they were rolling the commercials at the the studio. So just to give myself a break, I was like, all right, we'll be right back. And then I'll just take a break. And there wasn't a commercial break. It was just like during a timeout. And they're like, all right, we're back. And they, <laughs> the audience probably just heard ambient gym sound. But the other thing is that I like, you know, there's all these like roadblocks or um, gatekeepers. Yeah. And what you got to keep in mind is if you want to get in somewhere or do something like the gatekeepers change, they leave, they get fired, they get promotions. So this one guy was like the gatekeeper at ESPN and he left and I think went to Fox or something and people love him. I'm not like talking shit about him. They're like, oh, that's my guy. Right. But he was the guy just every year going, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. how, how many years would you say that was happening? Oh, that happened for eight years. And then I got a um, audition with ESPN. But the other thing that happened was, is that my friend, uh, Dallin Cuff, who's been really successful, he's been full-time at ESPN for like a ton of years. He's a great job. I sent him a, a, a demo reel because every year I make my new demo reel. And I sent it to him and it was kind of like, yo, this is good. Like I had a lot of tape because I had done high school games and I had done the Ivy League tournament where like I was like right. the guy at the desk and I did like a ton of hours and he like ripped my tape to shreds. He's like, yo, your, your jacket's open. You're like slouching over. You're kind of like too lengthy to like be a, you know, studio analyst. Like you gotta be really to the point. And I was huh. like, I was at first, I was like kind of pissed. I was like, yo, this like, you kill me here. But he really like got me to like step it up, you know? And like yeah. make my next tape so much better. So sometimes I was like getting that hard, you know, like like sometimes the answer is like, why aren't you at the cellar? It's like, you're not funny enough. Like that's like get better material. You know, like it's as right. simple as that, you know? Well, it's like what you were saying earlier. It's like the direct feedback. I would actually appreciate that because yeah. for whatever reason, if those weren't things that you were picking up on or you didn't think that they were assessing you on, like, yeah, you would have kept doing it. You never would have been able to correct it. So yeah, it probably sucked to hear in the moment, but helped yeah. you like refine, you know, uh, your highlight tape to get you the next level. Yeah. And like, you know, like hanging out with people that are, that are better than you. Like, you know, I did the first gig I did with ESPN was the Charleston classic and they had me doing sideline, which I'd never done. And the analyst was Corey Alexander and Sean Farnham. And mm. like Farnham, oh, yeah. one, of, one of the things I noticed right away from Farnham when he does a game was that he knew the two teams playing last year's team, the recruits um, and like, the entire league and the promos that they were rolling in for games nationally. He knew all those players. So, you know, four times a game, they're going to be like coming up this Saturday. It's Duke against Virginia. Yep. And then Farnham would come in and be like, yo, Zion uh, is a load inside RJ Barrett. You know, they got, 
you know, Ty, whatever his name was on Virginia, like bang, 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 like that. Yeah. Um, which he, you know, he, he's a full-time broadcaster and has been for like 15 years. So he like knows all the players, but I was like, I actually know all the players too, but I just never like put two and two together where it's like, obviously ESPN wants us to like know about the other games, like the big right. games, even if I'm doing a game that's not as big time. Yeah. I got to be excited about like what the network's promoting. Like it's a Sonic blockbuster. Like you got to know like what the hell's going on. So I, I really like, I was always like, Oh, I was always good on air, but I yeah. honestly, the first year, one, two, three, four, five, I don't think my prep was nearly as in depth as it is now because, and it's, again, it's like, well, would I have prepped that hard if it was NBA finals? Like, yeah, but I was like, eh, it's just Princeton Cornell. I know the players like that's enough. Right. You know, versus like, do I know the whole league? Do I know Cornell's recruits? Mm. Do I know last year's Cornell team? So I definitely got better by like going like, wait a second, what does that guy do? You know? That's what I was going to say. It's exactly what you were talking about earlier too. It's like, hey, you want to be the best? Like go find someone who's great at it. What do they do? Yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't do that. Honestly. Yeah, and, then, and then the other thing to like get back to our like getting in trouble, break the rules conversation. It's like, yeah, if you know how to deadlift the right way, right? And you're not going to blow your back out then. And you're like, you know, maybe you can try a new variation of a grip or a stance or whatever without like totally screwing yourself up. But if you don't even know the fundamentals, like if you're coming on a game and you're talking over your partner, uh, you know, you're whatever using profanity, you don't know the rules of the game. You don't know. (laughs) Then you can't be funny and different and whatever you have to like build from a skeleton of like fundamental stuff and then kind of like innovate from there. Cause otherwise you're just yeah. gonna some clown who's like, yeah, I'm different though. It's like, no, 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 we can't, we don't know what's going on. You know, it's like, it's like too much. Right. No, it's like your Howard Stern example. It's like Howard Stern isn't famous because he pushed the boundaries and was obnoxious. Like he's a fantastic interviewer Yeah. who knows, like he has that within his skill set, And then also like, yeah, he'll be able to take risks. But at the end of the day, like there's a ton of talent there. Yeah, but he you also know? like he knew the radio conventions, and then he like right. built a lot of the. Bits he knew off, the game. Right? He knew the game, and knew where there was an opportunity to kind of like break outside the box. Right, but it was like, all right, we know that every radio show has like the news, which is like a break from the show. And he's like, why don't I just talk to the news person, right? And then like Robin became like his like so important for him because it was like they would just talk and do the news for like forty minutes rather than ten because he would just be interrupting her and talking to her and you know like all that stuff. Yeah, but I think like super gung-ho people sometimes want to be like, let me like break every rule right away. It's like, well, you don't even know the rules to break. You have to like know where we're coming from to like, like put the people at ease above you. Like, all right, I know what I'm doing here. And now I'm trying to be like a little different, you know, like that's, I mean, that's like, I'm almost like giving advice to myself, but you know, no, it it makes complete, it makes complete sense. Um, All right. I know I've been going at this a while. I feel like there were some gems in there, but you've got right. another, you've got another project. And for those watching, I am, I am trying to rep it right now. Oh, you're repping it. <laughs> of course yeah, you are. Matching of course you are. Passive income, baby. Chip King. All right. Can, so, can, can uh, you tell us about what's going on with Chip King? Because uh, I mean, I gotta yeah. be honest, this might be the best thing you got going. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's the number one uh, golf YouTube series slash hat company right now in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever combined a full hat company and, a YouTube series, but uh, I'm a bad golfer, but I, I got into golf during COVID because everything was shut down. I had no games to do, whatever. So I just kind of chronicle my um, 
my journey to try to break 90 and, uh, you know, shot it, edited myself. And I have a little, you know, I do content on, uh, yo, it's the Sav on my Instagram too. I do a lot of golf content on there too. And if you like the hats, if you'll notice, they are, uh, those are little potato chips swirling around there. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, they call me the chip king cause I got soft hands around the green. So, uh, <laughs> check me out on yo, it's the Sav. Check out my podcast, the world according to Noah Savage. Um, what else do I have? I have some comedy shows coming up that I'm going to post on my um, Instagram. Yo, it's a sad, but I'm making my comeback and I'm going to try to do all new material. Not that it matters for any of your listeners that haven't heard me, but uh, I got a lot of new. You're trying to yeah. do new material. Yeah. I got a lot of new stuff. How, how much, okay. Well, will you even keep any of like the old material that you know hits? Like, yeah. will you keep that in your back pocket? All of it. Because yeah what I'm going to do either this fall or maybe in the spring is I'm going to record like a half hour and then I'm just going to chop up all the jokes and like individually put them out on Instagram because I feel like, oh, I like very that. few people can even sit through a whole half hour anyway. So I'm just going to put out the bits like individually, you know what I mean? But like, kind of sounds sound like you need to be on TikTok. I know. Are you on TikTok? No, I, I have to be. Yeah. Um, Man, I know, I know, like a lot you, know of work. you know, I, I showed you Evan Williams, but like Ari's got a ton oh, of followers. Dude, I, got, I went down a, I went down a rabbit hole. So funny. Ari does. Yeah. You should have Evan on the show too. He's a big, uh, big lifter, like, you know, fitness guy too, but, uh, he's so funny yeah. and like, God, I just don't want to like, and I know I sound like an old fart, but it's like, I don't want to like learn another freaking platform. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. <laughs> it's like, but it's dude. like, all right, I got to get on. It, so to go back to where we started, it takes time. Like yeah. that stuff, it really takes time to like put good content out there. So like one of the ways, like I, I'm very de dedicated to like growing the show. And uh, the reason I've kind of been slow to get some of these episodes out, I'm in the process of like delegating and passing off responsibility for a lot of the things that I just do myself to get it out because it's yeah. not sustainable over time. Right. Because um, I have a day job, you know what yeah. I mean? I have three kids and I have a wife. But it's like, yeah, man, that, that stuff takes so much time. Like, so the people who do that and do it across multiple outlets, I'm yeah. just like, man, they must they must not have a day job, or they're oh, just like the passing it off know, to someone else. Yeah, the two guys I know don't have day jobs. Like, they're just comics. Yeah, but like they do have an incredible amount of discipline to just like consistently do it, turn you know? it out. Yeah, man, I've yeah. This, look this this conversation has inspired me. I'm going to. Uh, I was already like reinvigorated to get back out there and like do stand up, but um, yeah, I got to figure out like, you know, what other what other avenue it's going to be on, you know. And I think I think doing like a half hour special, but like one minute at a time, is kind of like what the angle would be. Yeah, dude, you you have to you and Alyssa. Is Alyssa going to continue to do comedy? Alyssa, being for everyone listening, the the mother of uh, <laughs> sex, that baby, is she is she getting back out there? Is she does she plan to get back out there? Oh, for sure, and. Um, She's actually at a show right now. She's like producing for um, our other friend, Allison Libby, which is called Oh No, An Hour About Abortion. And uh, they're trying to get that to be like like a big time show, like a little bit like Jacqueline Novak had this show called like Get On Your Knees that was on Broadway. Oh, OK. It was an hour about blowjobs. And it was like critically acclaimed <laughs> by like New York Times and like. <laughs> You know, she's like a class ahead of us in comedy. Like she was here before we started and everything, but like she like had a major success with that. Oh wow! So it's like really like do do something you give a shit about, and then yeah, something might happen with them, some might not. But um, 
I'm like reinvigorated to like get back out there and be funny. And like, you know, I have like a, yeah. there's a ton of new material. That's like, probably maybe it sucks. I don't know. <laughs> got to try it out. Well, I can't wait. We got, we're, uh, we were talking before this, we got to get out there and, and watch you guys, but also, yeah, seriously, check out, uh, I'm going to link to everything. I'll check okay. out link to your Instagram, link to YouTube. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know what? I honestly feel like, and I've been, I've been saying this for a little while, but yeah. you especially like when I watch you on ESPN or when I'm watching doing a game or whatever. Yeah. Um, and when I watch you cam- comedy, I'm like, he, he is like so close to this thing. Just like taken off. I know. I, Do you know I, what I, I mean? Like I, I honestly yeah. feel that way every time. Like when I'm watching the games, especially with broadcasting, but also with comedy, but when I'm watching the games. I'm like, if he wasn't my friend, this would still be one of my favorite games to listen to. <laughs> well, like, when I it's did entertaining, the, um, it's quick. <laughs> well, I did the, I did the um, championship game on, it was like Saturday at noon. It was the, it was Hartford versus UMass Lowell. So yeah, yeah. NEC championship. And one of my friends texted me, he goes, wait, are you doing this game? Cause he was just watching it. <laughs> He's like, it sounds like you. And I was like, yes, like it is me loser. So yeah, I appreciate that. But I do, I do feel like the other thing is like, you know, with the day job and the kid and everything, it's like, it is tempting to just be like, I don't want to do the podcast. I don't want to do stand up, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but then I'm like, if I zoom out, I go, what am I going to quit 10 feet from the finish line? It feels like I'm like so close to like something good happening, you know? Dude, that's, that's the thing. Well, and I talk about this too, with the podcast, like I, I've been really fortunate. Like I've had some awesome people on the show and I had some people on that. I honestly, I didn't think would come on quite frankly. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's like the feeling after you do it, you're like, that was like the best hour of my time. Like yeah. even if nothing comes, like I'm so motivated yeah. You know, and now you've built that great connection. And so like a lot of times, like, and I think this is true for anything that people are passionate about. Like sometimes I ask myself, like if it took me five years yeah. before this thing started making money, right? Like, let's yeah. say like this, this makes enough money someday for me to quit my day job. I'm like, would I grind this out for five years, 10 years yeah. to be able to do that? Like, yeah. Cause I love doing it. Yeah. It's a blast. I'm meeting amazing people. And when people do write to me, you know, a lot of times it makes, it's having a huge impact. So well, let me ask you a question. Would the money feel better coming from a podcast than coming from your day job? Because when I started making like actual money from ESPN, I was like, this funny feels. And the, and the few oh, times I've been paid for comedy, like really paid. I'm like, this feels like different money. This feels like. I can't even imagine. You know, like I got a, I got a thousand dollars one time to do 10 minutes of comedy. Yeah. I was like, this is money. crazy. Right. This is like, it feels so much better. So I even think like, I'd be willing to take a massive pay cut if it was like right. only exclusively stuff I want to do. Oh yeah. How lucky of a person do you have to be where you go, everything I do, I enjoy. <laughs> I, I think, I think that's a dream. Well, yeah. I think about this all the time too. And, and we've kind of gotten talked about this a little bit, but now nothing is more important to me than my time. Right. Because whatever I'm doing, it's, it's taken time from something else. Yeah. And oftentimes it's taken time for my family and like, yeah, you know, not, I'm not okay. I'm just not one of those people who's like, Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll have a dinner with my kid like once a week and I don't, you know, right, right. <laughs> he'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like, for me, I'm like, how do I get to a place where I'm spending all my time doing things that I'm passionate about? Yeah. It's hard. You know? it's it hard. is hard. You know, what's hard about it. It's, uh, having actual real money is nice. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like when I started out, when I started out, the day job didn't mean anything. Cause I was like, 
what do I care? Yeah, I'm not making any money for yourself. <laughs> like, you know, so yeah. like, it's like the further down the line you get, it is, you do get further away from like the dream job. You know, I, sometimes I'm like, what I should do yeah. is like, at least take six months and be like yellow. Like that's, that's kind of what I want to listen to do actually is like, be like, I'm taking six months. I'm paying myself out of my savings and I'm just like writing scripts and, and auditioning for commercials and auditioning for like, so who knows yeah. to, be, to be seen and what happens in the future. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah. Covered very little of what I wrote down, but uh, this was perfect. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it was really fun. I feel like I feel like we need to have you as just like a, re- a recurring uh, character that pops in. I love every to. once in a while. I was supposed because, to lose weight too, but I didn't. I didn't lose any weight. I actually lost twenty pounds and I put it back on. So did you really? How were how you doing it? What, what I lost, were you doing? So I lost twenty from like two eighty five to two sixty five, and then I like kind of came back up to two seventy five, which is my normal. Like I'm not being a fat ass, but I'm not like trying that hard either. But I am kind of trying hard now. So now I want to get down to like you know, 265. So are you, are you still, is it noom? Yeah. I, I quit noom because I finished, okay. I finished the curriculum. I was like, why aren't there any more lessons? And they were like, you finish them all. And I was like, well, what am I paying you for? Like, well, you can track your calories. I'm like, so like now every subscription service, when you go to cancel it, it's like, instead of like 60 bucks a month, they're like, well, you can do the plan B for like, you know, 15. Yeah. So then I was doing that. And I was like, well, I'm getting nothing. Out of this. <laughs> so I just, you know, but, uh, well we'll, we'll, we'll have you back and we'll, we'll revive the, uh, what, what are we calling two, it? The Savage, Savage 250. I wanted to get down to 250. Yeah. We'll get you there. If I get to 250, I'm going to get a acting gig. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna look so good that I'm going to be like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> it's you and Chris Pratt battling it out for roles. All right. That, that's where you screwed up. You were always in shape. If you started out fat and look like you look now, you'd be world famous. World famous. <laughs> I had a, I had a buddy, Glenn, who, uh, I can't remember what, it was like our fifth reunion and he'd had a couple of beers and he told me, he was like, you know what, Ken, of, uh, of all of our friends who had potential, I have to say you're doing the least. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was working like a dead end, like marketing uh, job. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, dude. dude, that's a, that's rough, dude. That, that's I mean, a, hey, Glenn's. Glenn's direct, but, uh, oh, Noah, man, I appreciate you, uh, coming on. I know you got the baby. Hey, man. Appreciate Thanks you taking the time. Me. All right. We'll do this again. And, uh, I'm going to link to where everyone can follow you. Great. Check out, check yeah. out the chip King folks. Check it out. Glenn, mommy. You better go ask mommy, daddy. <laughs> Let's see where to begin. Uh, I'd like to start with, are you planning on replacing me? <laughs> what? Why do you ask that? You, what do you mean? You said, you said to Noah, let's make you a recurring guest here. I was like, <laughs> you mean like my role? Uh, no, your role is safe for so for long. now. Yeah, for so long as we live together. Okay. Right. <laughs> Until Noah moves in. Um, <laughs> that's that's my greatest asset that I live here. Proximity. Yeah, proximity. No, you have you bring a lot to the table. Thank you. I uh, think so too. Many of our friends and listeners make it a habit of telling me that you're their favorite part of the show. Yeah, but do we believe them? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I didn't know for sure. And then the look on your face when you just said that told me for sure you don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I think you're a natural talent. Thanks, Kenny. But I do think you're just using me to eventually springboard into having your own show at some point. So 
Yeah. What would my show be about? I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know what I mean? Keep an eye on uh, the up and comer. It's kind of like how Mariah Carey was a backup singer for Whitney Houston. Oh my God. It's so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're Mariah. I would be Mariah all day. I got to keep a lid on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't have you getting too big too fast. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people can hear it in my voice, but I'm, I'm a little, uh, ticked off, a little frustrated with you right now. <laughs> yeah. Would you care? Would you care to share why? <laughs> because so we had talked about doing this earlier in the day, mm-hmm. doing the running by my wife section. Okay. And like hours ago, hours. Well, yeah. Hours ago. <laughs> minimum. Uh, a lot has happened to me since then. I've like made dinner. I've changed Two poopy diapers at least. Oh boy, you're really laying it on thick. Sorry. The, no, the, I like I haven't we even I haven't mm-hmm. thought about it in forever. And then after <laughs> after dinner, we were like putting the kids to bed and I finished or we finished around the same time. Sure. And I was like, what did you say you were gonna do? Um, I think I came up to you and said, Hey, are you good to record the podcast? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> when you're done. No, you didn't. Uh, Absolutely not. You said sure you were gonna go did. do something, and I was like, I was like, okay. Oh, what did I say uh, I was going to do? Yeah, oh, here you it said, is. Oh yes, my God. the glorious <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, you it's said, captured. okay, okay. You said, you said you're going to do something with the podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll just go. I, Cause I thought you were doing something solo. With <laughs> I think I said, I'm going no, to go get no, no, no. everything ready for us to record the podcast. I don't think you said that. <laughs> it's okay. You and if fi- you did, I wasn't listening carefully enough. Oh, that makes it better. But anyway, so I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to go like water my flowers real quick. Yep. And because I had to turn the hose off. Sure. Oh, you know what? Because I was like, I was panicking because I was like, did you turn the hose off? Because we're watering grass right now. And <laughs> you're like, no, so, I didn't. I'm going to go blah, blah, blah. So, and I was like, so this is my fault. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't turn the hose off. Is that where you're going with this? No. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I went and watered my flowers and then I had a phone call and then I was like, I came back in and you were like. Yeah, you took your sweet time. Yeah. And I was down there like getting water and I was like, I guess taking time and. <laughs> And then you were like, all right, I'm going to go upstairs. And I, I could tell you were annoyed I was being so slow. So then I went upstairs. I went, I thought you meant like upstairs to our bedroom. This is taking a long time to tell you the story. This is taking a long time. It's okay. I'm sorry. But anyway, so I went upstairs to our bedroom and I was getting myself ready for bed. And I was like, why is he annoyed that I'm not, like I was taking too long to go upstairs. He's not even here. He's like, I don't know where he is. Because <laughs> I'm sitting, you were up sitting up here with, waiting he- for with me. headphones on. <laughs> podcast equipment ready. No, like, oh, be, I, I like jumped in the minute. shower and then it like it dawned on me and I was you like, no, a, you took a shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't finish oh it though. God. I realized like in the shower as I was like scrubbing and then I was like, ah, <laughs> gotta get out of here. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I panicked. That's why I'm in a bathroom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. For all those listening, she's wearing a men's bathrobe right now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've had about enough about your sh- your shenanigans. So let's just jump right into the takeaways. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. I know you had a good one. It's my bad. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You're B. Uh, no, but you know, go go ahead because I know you enjoy this podcast. And yeah, I, I do. I do love listening to Noah. Wow, and, and me and you too, buddy. <laughs> also, I feel like Noah will be annoyed that this is like we've been doing this for like six minutes and, and we like, haven't Can mentioned we just him yet. Get to the part where we talk about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he's like, why the fuck are they talking about me? I know. You know I love Noah. <laughs> yeah. So I had him on again. Yeah, I know because he's so entertaining. Yeah, he's you awesome. know, bring on the talent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love. I go to talk to him for hours, and and you did after you hung up. You, you were like up here for hours talking to him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even he was trying to get me off. He's like, okay, dude. He's like, I, I got to go put the He's baby like, I got a kid. And you're like, like, I got three. Who cares? I'm like, I don't know, but come on, man. 
<laughs> I don't get out at all. Um, but you had a takeaway. Um, Care to start? Yeah. Noah asked the question, do you try to improve your weaknesses or do you focus on your strengths only? Your thoughts. Oh, you I already, like, you, you I liked, already know what I think. I liked your answer and I okay. agree with you oh. that you, you shouldn't sacrifice your strengths to work on your weaknesses. Okay. Um, who, who had that quote about, I can't, I can't remember. I think it's a fairly common quote. Like, I don't even know who actually said it. Yeah. I think when I had recorded this though, I had just heard it on like CNBC. I might yeah, have, you knew the name when you I might have attributed it to one of the Nigerian brothers, but it actually might've been, uh, another guy on there. Oh, well, yeah, I, I agree with you though. I think a lot of people waste a lot of time working on their weaknesses when they should just be focusing on what they're good at. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Like I really do feel like you can get really far if you're awesome at one thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like often like, well, I got to be well-rounded and it pays to be well-rounded. Mm-hmm. But if you're really good at something, if you can like hone that skill, yeah, you can get pretty far. A lot of specialization out there, especially in the world of sport. What's the quote about being like a jack of all trades? Uh, you're a master of none. Master of none, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think about that all the time. And so then I'm like, well, what oh, man, are my I strengths? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I what still, are your strengths, I still Kenny? feel that Tell way. Tell me your strengths. Uh, boy, I don't even want to begin to strength answer this is question. My strength. <laughs> strength is my strength. Strength is my strength. Okay, moving on. We got we got to keep it dancing. going because we. You're a good dancer. Well, thank you. You're a swell dancer. Do you still feel that way? Yeah. I I was worried. <laughs> that, I was worried there was a period where I started to get rusty. Yeah, but you really broke out the moves last. Although, so we went to a wedding in Montana last weekend. Yep. And it was some of our best friends, so it was like a very there was a lot of dancing there. We left it all out there. There's a lot of creativity on that dance yeah, floor. Yeah, but there was also a lot of like videos. Unfortunately, yes. But like when I remember you dancing, I remember you dancing like you looked cool. You looked really good. <laughs> but in all the videos, you're doing such weird shit. Like I was like really... in one, you're like casting a spell on yeah. the room and bride. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, I was really exploring the <laughs> and space. And then you were, like, <laughs> you were just doing the lamest moves in every video. And I was well, like, I don't remember him doing lame moves. <laughs> I thought you looked cool. Thanks, the, <laughs> it was funny. I tested a lot of things out. Yeah. But that's the only way to get better. Yeah. To Noah's point, once you have a foundation, that's when you can start trying to break outside the box. Way to bring it back. And now I know. <laughs> stick with the foundation. Yeah. Stick, yeah. <laughs> Don't try any new stuff. Uh, sometimes, though, it's a big swing and a miss. And uh, you know what? It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay to take no those harm, hits. No harm, no foul. All right. So you're, we're in agreement. Double down on your strengths. Not to yeah. say don't try to improve your weaknesses. Yeah. Well, no, Noah did say that his biggest problem is he's too good at too many things. Yes. <laughs> Which, Which he really is, though. He's very talented. He is. He's very talented. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on that note, though, one thing that I am becoming more comfortable with the older I get mm-hmm. is like I'm, I'm better at assessing what I'm good at. And much more better assessing what I'm not. Oh, yeah. Oh, you've been like that since I've known you, though. You think? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I'm thinking like even with work stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, now I'm like, you know what? That's that's just not my thing. Yeah. Pass it off to someone else. I don't know where Ken really. So I don't know Ken. So. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I wonder what I you think. I know Kenny. I'm a little reserved at work. I don't lay it all out there. Yeah. I, I try and uh, stay in my lane a little bit. Do you know what I mean? smart. Yeah. It's probably the right move. 
Well, I just think like, you know, it's work. I don't know. I, I almost feel like from, this is like ingrained in me from my dad. It's just like, go to work, be professional, get your job done. Yeah. So I'm not one of these people who's telling dirty jokes at the office. I'm like, yeah, not the place for that. No, I know. And I love having fun at the office. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, I don't want my name attached to that. Yeah. You can laugh at it. but Yeah. Like in this environment. Don't be the one telling it. Yeah. There's, there's no me telling jokes about uh, Maybe don't even a priest and a rabbi walking to a bar. <sighs> like some of the shit people say, I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, are you watching the news? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, like I also have a podcast, so it's not like I'm completely like keeping my head down. But uh, you've also never looked more like a podcaster. You've got like your headphones on Mm -hmm. and you've got a pencil in your hand and you're kind of like sitting with your knees crossed and you've got notes in the other hand and you're kind of waving your pencil hand around. Yeah, this is this is this is relaxed podcasting, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture of you. Well, you should appreciate that because, uh, you know, if I didn't have such great control of my emotions, you'd be getting angry, frustrated, elbows on the desk. I know. Can't even look at you, Ken. You're not mad at me anymore, though. <sighs> no, I forgot about it once you started complimenting me. <laughs> yeah, that's that was strategic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I had some takeaways. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Now, I think I might have been the one that initiated this. So this is really poor form. But Noah had some great takes on this. Noah's going to hate this section. But there was already an hour and a half of Noah. Yeah, I know. Why would he hate this section? Because we're not talking about Noah enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm about to talk about Noah. Okay. I loved Noah's example. I think it was when he was working the ACC tournament. It was, it was, you know, he was, he was just kind of breaking through. He was getting his shot with ESPN and I think they had him doing uh, courtside. He wasn't even doing color. And, you know, he identified that, Hey, someone who had already gotten to where he wanted to be, he started to pay attention. Like, what is he doing? that is like making him such a great broadcaster, right? And so I think what I said is like, hey, you know, I had this coach who said, find someone who's great and do what they do. And I thought Noah had a great example of doing that. He was like, wow. He's like, look at the level of research that this guy does prior to a game. Not only does he know every player in this game, Mm -hmm. he knows every player uh, in the game that's going to be promoted. He knows every player on the team the year before. And the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he just picked up on the fact that like, to get to that point, that elite level, there's a whole nother depth of like preparation that you have to go to. Right. Um, but I, I think that just applies all, all phases of life. Great parents. You know what I mean? People who are awesome at work. Like I, I pay attention to what the great sellers do all the time. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, I got to incorporate that. I got to incorporate that. Like, oh, I love how they said that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you don't have to look too far. What, what, are the, what is that quote? It's like plagiarism is the highest. Form of flattery. Form of flattery. Wow. We've got some uh, some great quotes, some great anecdotes in <laughs> yeah. this episode. Um, I don't know. List of them. Thoughts? No, agreed. Agreed. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, the other one I had. Do you have any others before I completely I said take over this section? I said mine. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, boy. Way to overachieve. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like batting 100 tonight. Or no. <laughs> Wait, that's not the right quote, is it? <laughs> we'll let the people decide. Send us an email if batting 100 is the correct way to say that. <laughs> batting 1,000. 
Betting a thousand? Yeah. Does that mean I'm not doing well? Well, betting a thousand would be you're knocking out of the park. Oh, I'm not doing that. But actually, you know what? Batting a hundred. <laughs> although, although not intended, might have been the correct way to use that. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate the sports analogy though. That means Thanks. a lot to me. Thanks. Surround yourself with great people. Uh-huh. I honestly, I feel like this might be the best thing that came out of me going That's to why bed. I married you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I know what you're doing and it's working. That like, honestly, like this might be the most important thing that came out of me going to an Ivy League school. Yeah. Nothing that I learned. You don't remember any of it. I know very, you don't. Very little. You can speak a little bit of Japanese. Very little. Yeah, that's true. I did take a lot of Japanese. And you speak a little Japanese. And I speak very little. <laughs> also a history major. You remember some history stuff though, but yeah, and no, I totally. The, the best thing that came out of it was the people you Right. Know. I'm like, man, just let me hang around. I hope these people keep me in their friend group and just, you know, pull me along when they get their big break. Um, but I really mean that. It's like when you surround yourself with great people, it's like you can't just help but have your game elevated. Yeah. Do you have any examples of this in your own life besides your stellar podcast host? People that I surround myself with? Yeah. I think everyone I, I keep in my life. Mm -hmm. It's like for a reason. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm like getting something, whether it's just like a good friendship or, you know, like it's, yeah. it's all people that are like, everyone's interesting. That is very true. You know what? There are people who like, I've noticed this. They like collect interesting people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They always throw the best parties. Yeah. But it's like, I see that they've like identified that a, a friend or a couple like kind of fits a unique niche mm -hmm. and they like to like have them around. Yeah. Now I'm not saying we need to go that far. I'm saying <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I think I give the example like real estate. You want to be a real estate investor? find a way to get yourself into a circle with other people who do real estate investing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just, I don't know. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Not going to say their name because <laughs> I don't want to take it the wrong way. Yeah. No, I think that's, I, I mean, it's a smart way to live. Yeah. It, it just like, it raises your game because you like see what's possible and it keeps you motivated. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're just going to hang out with a bunch of other people who are burnouts, you're like, well, I'm doing okay because we're all kind of doing the same. Like, yeah. And I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about like people who are, you know, like whatever your goal is. Doing interesting things, skilled in something. or Yeah. Yeah. Just whatever you're passionate about. It's like hang around other people who have that same passion and are doing something. It'll like raise your game. Yeah. You get the creativity going. Totally. Maybe you're an artist. <laughs> Stop hanging out with accountants. Okay. <laughs> get out there. Create some art. Um, I don't know. That's all I had. That's good. Can I say this? Because you're, you're right. Noah's going to be like, none of this was about me. Yeah. I consider Noah to be someone who oh, yeah, is totally. a great person to hang around. Yeah. I mean, he is doing so much. He really is. Very interesting stuff. And pro probably he's a comedian, obviously, and his wife, Alyssa, is also hilarious. Yeah. Um, those two might be like the most quick-witted couple I've ever met. Yeah. I've, I've like one of their super fans for their podcast, The World According to Noah Savage. That's right. And I love it. it I don't, am I allowed to say that it might just... What? Oh, no, yeah. Go ahead. She's, oh, like she's, it, she's covering the mic. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it, it, like, 
a lot of the time, sometimes he has guests, but a lot of the times it's just the two of them. Yeah. And those are my favorite episodes because they're just like so quick. Yeah. And she doesn't let him get away with anything. And it, no, but it's like, they're so fun to listen to. I love, I love it. I do too. It's I my favorite, it's podca- second favorite podcast. Again, <laughs> like Noah probably thinks I'm friends with him for the friendship, but really I'm just waiting for his big break yeah. in the entertainment industry. And or Alyssa's. And or Alyssa's. That's right. I try and stay in her good graces as well. Yeah. And then, uh, you as know you what, <laughs> when they have that break, maybe just, I don't know, show this podcast a little love. <laughs> yeah. You know? Anyway. Yeah. But it, it, the world, according to Noah Savage, you should all listen to it. Yeah. If you haven't already. It's really good. Agreed. Very entertaining. Chip King on YouTube. Chip King on YouTube funny. is also very funny. That honestly, that might be the thing that gets, gets I, it's hilarious. Gets him over the line. Yeah. Um, did I come off? He also sells hats and he does passive income. They're awesome. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. But did I, did I come across as someone who is just like, I only keep people in my life if I can benefit from them being in my life. Cause that is not what I wanted to do. No. Okay. No, no I know. I know that's not what you meant. That's not what he meant. People <laughs> do the listeners know that <laughs> yeah. I, not, I'm not always thinking about everything in terms of an end game. I'm just saying, if you want to be good at something, surround yourself with great people. Find out what the great people are doing and try and replicate it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, you can still hang out with your uncle who's just, you know, <laughs> your uncle. I don't know. <laughs> He's a nice guy, I'm sure. Um, all right, folks. Well, let's wrap this up, shall we? Let's wrap it up. Um, I've said this now for a few months, but this has been a brutal summer. Uh, but we are going to start doing more of these episodes. We're going to get back on track and there's probably going to be more per week. We are just working through <laughs> getting some of this stuff delegated. But uh, yeah. Anyways, folks, we will see you next week. And until then, have a good one. See you later.